Chapter 10, Know the Facts and Understand the Details. Africa is a land that seems so far away for most of us. For a long time, I dreamed of going to Africa and going on safari, but it appeared out of reach. Could I afford to go there? Would I ever be able to make the time to go to a land so far away? With its multiple languages and cultures, how could I negotiate the unfamiliar environment successfully? I had lots of questions and certainly not all the answers, but I kept trying to find them. In the lean world, we emphasize the necessity to observe, ask questions, and fully understand the facts before we proceed to make changes or improvements. This deliberate approach makes problem-solving more effective. When I teach lean, I sometimes give this example. If you're a marksman and you're into handling guns properly, you might have heard the saying, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. If you jerk the gun, if you try to pull it out too quickly, you're more than likely going to miss. But if you're smooth and slow, you're more than likely to hit the target every time and thus achieve your objective. The same goes for lean problem solving. Take the time to get the facts and know the facts so you will not have any unwanted surprises. When I was 52 years old, I finally had the opportunity to visit Africa, one of my major dreams in life. My wife and I were very thorough with the trip planning. We wanted to get things right. We spent much of a year trying to figure out who we would work with in order to explore the continent. We finally settled on N Beyond, a top-tier African tour company based in South Africa. We took along our good friends Cindy and Gordon, who were total hoots and fun to be with. Just like most of our trips, there would be a few twists and turns, and Cindy and Gordon would be in on all of them with us. The four of us were ready to have a fantastic time. The trip would be full of firsts for me. My first time on an Airbus 380, an amazing double-decker airplane. My first time seeing lions in the wild. My first time walking with a cheetah in the bush. My first time seeing a leopard in a tree after it had made a kill. I could never put into words everything we saw, but I made a video for each day I was in Africa so it is all documented. We met up with our friends at JFK Airport in New York, where we boarded the A380. Upon arriving in Johannesburg, South Africa, our guides picked us up at the airport and drove us two hours to our first camp, the Pinda Forest Lodge, where we would begin our safari. The whole idea of a safari is to take you into the middle of nowhere, but I guess I didn't realize just what that meant. I mean, we were in the middle of nowhere. As we approached the camp, we had to drive through a small African village where people were selling things on dirt streets. Everything seemed very primitive. I was very nervous that our lodging would be primitive too. We paid a lot of money to go on this trip, and I was expecting some nice accommodations. We had worked very hard to do our research, and we didn't want any surprises. As we approached the entrance to the camp, we only saw one small wooden bench sitting beside the road. The driver stopped got out and said, okay, you're home. I thought Cindy and Gordon were going to kill me because I had just made them spend $20,000 and it looked like we were about ready to get ripped off. My lips were trembling, but I got out of the car without protesting. Before long, a young man showed up with a wheelbarrow, loaded it with our luggage, and began to roll up a narrow dirt trail and through the bushes. I followed along wondering what was going on. Were they going to walk us into the bush and mug us, take our money, our passports, and leave us to the wild animals? 
I had anticipated driving up to a grand entrance with a large portico chair where a bellman would greet us with a nice hot latte, not walking up a narrow dirt path through the bush. My fears were premature, though. After about five minutes, the path opened up into a beautiful clearing where there was a fantastic lodge overlooking the savannah with wild animals everywhere. The porter showed us to our room where we would stay. As we walked down the trail, a man carrying a spear went with us, just in case an unfriendly animal jumped out of the bushes. Our private tent was nothing short of five stars and stunningly beautiful. Best of all, it was in the middle of nowhere. You could not see anyone. As soon as the porter and guard left, all you could hear was the commotion of the wild animals around you. The porter cautioned that when we wanted to leave the cabin, we needed to call and have the guard come and escort us to the lodge. Walking around by yourself was not an option here. We were also warned never to leave the door open. In fact, once we opened the door for a bit too long, and I mean just a split second, a monkey ran in and stole an apple from our fruit basket. This is a little bit off script, but that monkey had our number. When we were walking up that path, he must have looked at us and said, Lunch! We would not be disappointed at all by the ambient experience. It was nothing short of over the top. Later that afternoon, as we settled into our room, we went on our first game drive. We loaded into an open vehicle with James, our ranger. Everyone was so excited. We were on safari in Africa. For the next couple of hours, we drove around, frequently stopping for James to point out interesting animals, plants, and other unique features of the landscape. Many were right next to the land cruiser, but some were very small or way off in the distance, so James used a pair of binoculars to identify them. Neither Gordon, Cindy, Leanne, or I had thought to bring binoculars, and after an hour and a half of passing the binoculars around between us, we decided we needed to get some of our own. When we got back to camp, we went to this tiny gift store at the lodge, Inside the store, a small locked glass case containing two pairs of binoculars, exactly what we needed. I asked the sales assistant if we could try them out. She nodded. She opened the cabinet and handed me the binoculars. I took them outside to observe a bird that was about 20 feet away. Oh my gosh, I exclaimed. I have never looked through a pair of binoculars that clear and sharp before. The young woman did not speak much English, but I was able to inquire how much they were. Using a calculator, we figured they cost about $350 based on the current exchange rate. The price seemed a little bit expensive, but we were in the middle of nowhere, and they were excellent quality. I wasn't planning on coming back to Africa anytime soon, and I really wanted to be able to see everything without having to wait for others to finish using the binoculars. What the heck, I thought. It sounds like a reasonable proposition. I was about to buy them when the clerk told me something that was a little curious. She said, I could rent the binoculars if I wanted to. I calculated the cost of renting them versus buying them, and there really wasn't much difference, so I decided to buy them. Man, did I have the facts screwed up on this one. I was in a bit of a hurry because we were only about 10 minutes away from another game drive, and I wanted to secure the binoculars and get on the truck to start looking at all the cool things James had been pointing out. At this point, I should have reminded myself to slow down, get the facts, know the facts, understand the facts, and you won't have any unwanted surprises. There were so many warning signs, but I ignored them all. 
Now, after having traveled to 60 countries, I am keenly aware of those cues, and they will never go unnoticed. I travel with other people, and I see them miss things all the time, and they end up with all the unwanted surprises, the cab fare that cost three times more than they thought, the tour that didn't include five additional things, the dinner that was twice as expensive as they first thought, all because they ignored the facts and didn't take time to make sure there was clarity with the information that was being given them. A few minutes later, Cindy came by and I told her about the great binoculars I had just found and they were really not that expensive. She quickly ran into the gift store and asked to look at the other pair in the case. She tried them out and was amazed at how good they were. She was also happy because they were only $300, a little less than the ones we had bought, and she felt they were even a better deal. We both pulled out our credit cards and purchased the binoculars, along with a couple shirts and a hat that said Pinda Forest Lodge. The hat would be the subject of another unbelievable story that unfolds on our second trip to Africa. We signed the receipts without paying much attention and hustled outside for our next game drive. One thing I did notice was that in the course of 10 minutes, the shopkeeper's disposition became nothing short of giddy. I wondered what the big deal was. We had only spent about $750 plus a few more shekels on a hat and some shirts. I guess she was delighted that she made such a big sale so quickly. When we got into the range vehicle, James looked back at us and saw both of us with our new binoculars hanging around our neck. Wow, you got the good ones, he said. Can I look through them? Sure, I said, and passed them forward. James took his first gander through our new binoculars and told us how amazing they were. I thought James's binoculars were nice, but he said someday he wanted to have a pair like ours. In my mind, I was thinking that Cindy and Gordon and Leanne and I were kind of big tippers, so by the time we were done with our safari, we would probably tip him enough that he could buy his own. For those next two weeks, we enjoyed Africa much more because we never struggled to see anything. We could see every whisker on a lion's nose, every wrinkle on an elephant's hide, and every fly buzzing around the hyenas as they tore into their kills across the savannah. All of us wish we could have stayed in Africa longer, but after a few magical weeks, it was time to go home. We went to the airport in Cape Town to begin the long journey home. Before we left, we requested our refund for the VAT tax on all the purchases and gifts we had bought while we were in South Africa. Leanne went up to the counter with all of our receipts to process the paperwork, and the clerk gave her a receipt back with the amount that would be credited back to our credit card calculated in U.S. dollars. Leanne came over to me and told me we were getting back $500. It seemed a little high, but I didn't think much of it at the time. A week later, Leanne got a phone call from Cindy and asked if Leanne had seen her credit card bill for the binoculars yet. Leanne told her no, not yet. Cindy dropped the bombshell that the binoculars were not $300. They were $3,000. Leanne wanted to call the gift store in Africa to check the price, but Cindy told her she had already gone online and researched Sikorsky binoculars. She found them on Amazon for over $3,000. Leanne and I both stood there in shock when we did our own online search and saw the price. Now I knew why the woman in the shop was so giddy. She had just made the biggest sale of her life. She probably sold more that day than the store usually sold in a month or several. Cindy and Leanne laughed as they remembered how the lodge staff hugged us and said how they would miss all of us. 
We wondered what all the loving was all about, but chalked it up to a friendly staff. After everything settled in and we realized the magnitude of our mistake, Leanne and I both agreed that it was a painful mistake, but at least we could afford it. Besides, we wanted to only remember all the wonderful things about Africa. Without a doubt, our safari experience was greatly enhanced by having the exceptional binoculars. Instead of letting the mistake taint our experience, we turned it into a positive. We tell the story to all our friends and laugh about how we made such a big mistake. Another good thing about it is that I learned a very, very valuable lesson. When someone says they're going to do something for me, whether at home or traveling, I make sure I understand in detail exactly what the price is and what's included. The result is I don't have many unwanted surprises. Clarity is king when you travel, just like cash is king. Take an extra 15 to 30 seconds and ask a few more questions, no matter where you are. Make sure there's absolute clarity before you give the cab driver the directions to where you want to go. Confirm that he is willing to sit and wait so you'll have a cab when you come back out. Get the driver's phone number. Program it into your phone. Call it right away to make sure it rings on his phone. When the hotel staff gives you a Wi-Fi password, write it down in front of them. Make sure it works so you're not running up and down the elevator trying to get the Wi-Fi working. If someone tells you a meeting time and location, double and triple check it so there is no ambiguity. The list goes on and on. So much of travel can be enhanced by simply taking a few seconds longer and making sure you have the facts and total clarity. Above all, make sure you know the real price when you're looking at Swarovski binoculars. The one thing, 100% clarity is golden, and it will save you a lot of gold.